Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley, CEO of Crown Financial Ministries and founder of the Christian Economic Forum. This is a special series focused on the workforce disruption from COVID-19. In this episode, you'll hear a discussion between two experts. They're focused on bringing insight, practical advice, and encouragement to those who may be furloughed, unemployed, or at risk of a layoff given our current economic landscape. Paul Sohn is a leadership coach. He's a best-selling author and speaker, formerly employed by both a Fortune 50 company and a Top 100 Great Place to Work company, Paul is the founder of QARA, where he helps millennials and emerging adults discover their unique calling. Paul is also working at Biola University as the Director of Strategic Career Initiative. Paul is a best-selling author of Quarter Life Calling, Pursuing Your God-Given Purpose in Your Twenties. Paul was named one of the top 33 under 33 Christian millennials to follow by Christianity Today. Some of Paul's favorite things include authentic Korean food, tennis, and traveling. He's married and resides in Orange County, California. Calvin Dillinger joined the Crown family in 2012 as Director of Client Services. With a background in project management and product development, he enjoys developing and implementing products and services that empower others to find clarity and purpose in their work. He has a bachelor's in business administration from Lee University and an executive MBA from the University of Tennessee. Over the course of the years at Crown, Calvin has transitioned to lead the career and work team as a program director, as well as a U.S. outreach team. Calvin is married to his wife, Brady, and he lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. He enjoys hiking, camping, running, and church community events. I hope you enjoy this interview with our special guest, Paul Sohn and Calvin Dillinger. Well, Paul, thank you so much for being with us today. It is a pleasure to have you on. Um, I've been looking forward to this conversation for for a while, so thank you for for joining us. Hey, thanks, Calvin, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. So, Paul, you know, we are looking at this landscape in in kind of the workforce of, uh, you know, 20 million plus people that are now unemployed um, Mm -hmm. within the last four to to five weeks. Uh, And it is just, it's pretty crazy to see that spike in unemployment. And and there's a lot of people that are hurting, that are uh, in pain right now or confused, don't know which direction to turn in. Uh, And so today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, kind of the future of work and then also what people can do in this moment where they can find hope um, and where they can really start to move and grow. Uh, So I wanted to get started, Paul, and ask you the question, um, kind of from your perspective, what impact will COVID-19 have on the future of work? And obviously, we don't know all of the ins and outs of uh, what this looks like yet, but kind of from your lens and your position, um, where right now are are kind of some areas where you feel like will be impacted by COVID-19 in regards to how people work? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I think just what we're in together uh, globally, it's something really unprecedented that um, for anybody who who's just suffering from this time of transition, perhaps like to to know first and foremost that we're all in this together. I think it's really important for us to recognize that um, nobody asked for this, but I always see moments of crisis as also opportunities for us to pivot opportunities for us to really reflect and reevaluate who you are. And uh, when it comes to the future of work, 
I mean, we've heard all these stories of automation, the industry 4.0, um, just the scale of change, just rapidly changing. And I think for us, especially in this time uh, where many of us are at home, uh, many of us are maybe looking for jobs just to take a step back and really evaluate the number of things that we've been doing in the past. And, you know, studies from Gallup are showing that, you know, about 80% of employees are disengaged. They're not engaged at work. So if you just think about the the sheer number of people um, who are un unengaged, who are going to work, and they don't really have a sense of purpose. They feel like their strengths are not being utilized. Um, many of them are, are unemployed now, and it's actually a break for them in a way to reevaluate, why, why am I even here? What is, what is my calling? What is my uh, unique design? And really kind of start from that perspective, I think would be a great opportunity to go in the future. Yeah, you mentioned the word transition in there, Paul. And I really uh, think that word transition is something on people's minds right now, whether it's health transitions or financial transitions or career transitions. I think a lot of people are, you know, disoriented a little bit and saying, okay, there is a transition happening and I don't really know what this looks like in the future. How do you see God using moments of transition, Paul, for, for people in their lives? And obviously, Every person is different and their story is going to be different. But what are some ways that God uses transition um, from your experience? Right. I mean, I think one of the ways in which God uses transition, it, it really definitely uh, brings a sense of clarity um, in terms of why this is happening. I often think that many people are just kind of going through the motions and not they're not really thinking um, seriously about their unique purpose and their calling in life. But transitions are one of those moments where you're like, kind of like, oh, I didn't know why this was the way I was doing it. You know, like you kind of have to step, step back and evaluate um, why is this happening? And I think transitions are really where God does some of his greatest work. And it's often a time where there's a lot of pain involved, right? But uh, we also know that pain um, is, is will require, um, is a requirement for growth, right? So ultimately, growth um, is a function of a change, and change happens when there is loss. So ultimately, growth equals pain. Um, so if we see this as an opportunity where we know that God is sovereign, we know God is for us, and that he's, he's doing his best to provide for us, right? And part of our responsibility is not to feel like, oh, this unemployment or this furlough is an indication of my failure. Don't make it about you and internalize it and feel like this is um, something about my identity because your identity is more than your job, more than your accomplishments. And somehow this unemployment does not show that you failed in life. But to actually see this as an opportunity to say, well, now that I'm here and knowing that God is in control, what can I do to really creatively um, pivot in ways that perhaps are more close and more in tune with my calling in life? And I think that's uh, an important question we, we need to start asking so that um, 
because if, if you think about the next 20 years, um, the landscape is changing dramatically. As you know, Calvin, like just a lot of studies are showing that even 65% of jobs that elementary school students will be doing in the future, they don't even, they don't even exist yet. So if wow. you think about the mass, uh, massive changes that will take place, um, it's just staggering. So I think for us really have to be more agile in the future. Um, the traditional paradigm of just education, you go uh, do your undergrad and you do your graduate studies in, in higher education, and you somehow that's going to give you the stability for the next 20, 30 years of career. That's a very old way of thinking. But today's world, things are changing such a rapid pace that uh, we can't keep up. Um, so we have to continue to learn to be agile and learn in that way. Yeah, well, I think that's really powerful. And one thing you mentioned to me in a previous conversation, Paul, was there's there's more grace now, even from an employer perspective, um, you know, of saying, well, you know, so many people have had their, yeah. their jobs and careers disrupted because of COVID-19. And so there is almost some grace for you to experiment or to try something different. Um, it, it's not this black mark on your resume for taking a job that maybe you shouldn't have before um, from maybe a, a traditional standpoint. It's, it's an opportunity now where you can say, okay, Lord, really, where do you want to spend me? How can I steward the talent that you've given me? Um, and I, I think that's a, a really neat opportunity for uh, folks that are in that position of asking what's next. Um, there is more grace or opportunity to experiment and to and to do something completely different, uh, you know, from what they maybe have done uh, previously. Absolutely, I think this is the perfect time to experiment, and people will forgive you for whatever you experiment because this is just everyone is in it together, right? So I don't know if you've seen this a spike of people doing Facebook lives, Instagram lives, a lot of uh, people like myself who are speakers and kind of authors and those who have their own businesses, they're just trying to try new things and experiment new things. And in a way that's really stretching us. It's uncomfortable for a lot of us, but now we're forced to do it. And through that, we're constantly learning, we're growing. And I think in, in a long term, um, the, the innovation is going to be a lot more important for a lot of us too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of switching gears just a little bit here, Paul, uh, I, I'm curious, you know, with the current economic climate, does it make it more or less important to understand our vocational purpose and calling? Um, so I know some people may just be in that survival mode and just say, you know, I really just need a job to provide for my family. And I think that's absolutely, you know, if that's where God's calling you to go, do that. Um, but I, I'm curious kind of from, from that taking a step back kind of position, is it more or less important for folks to kind of identify what that looks like uh, for them in this current uh, landscape? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, I have to kind of start a step back and kind of see life from a 30,000 feet view because like you said, Kevin, a lot of people might be saying, I just have to find a job. I have to survive. Um, these are pressing needs I have and those are very important needs. They're legitimate. You have to survive and you have to, you know, put food in the table and all, all those things. And I'm not discounting that at all. But just thinking about our life, right, from a big picture perspective, we only have one life to live. 
there, there's no second, third lives on this earth. There's only one life. There's only one chance for us to live a life God has purposed us. So if that's the question, is, is survival our overarching goal in life? I don't believe so. I, survival is important, but we need to not just settle with surviving, which is really the problem that I see with a lot of people, is as young people, when they're kids, a lot of older people would say, hey, what's your dream? What, what do you want to do when you grow up? And many of them have these goals and, and lofty goals and ideas. But uh, part of the phenomenon we see as they grow older and they get married and they have kids, um, those dreams do not go fulfilled. Um, and ultimately, they, they have this sense of uh, dream kind of trapped inside of them, but they have a mortgage to pay and they have all these responsibilities really truly living into the calling God has for their lives, right? So again, if we put that as the context of our conversation, many people are unemployed. And many of you who are hearing this podcast may feel like, man, what do I even do? I've, I've spent all my life maybe pursuing this path. I, I maybe have not really enjoyed it, but I've, I've stayed here Many people feel like there's a sunk sunk cost, right? Like I've invested five, 10 years. I don't know what to do. But again, this is a great opportunity in light of eternity, in light of why born and why you are created. Wouldn't you really want to live a life that, that honors God and where you find greater sense of meaning and fulfillment, where you're living your sweet spot that I like to call it? So again, this is a perfect time for you to start being strategic and asking questions about yourself around why, what, you know, what makes me um, excited about things, what breaks my heart, what, what, I, what makes my heart sing, what are my different areas of my giftedness, um, and how do I unpack that? And um, I think those questions are, are really important to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's incredibly important for folks uh, to be considering those those types of questions. Uh, I saw a data point the other day that said uh, 50% of our waking time is spent at work, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's that amounts to like 92,000 hours on average throughout our life. Um, And if we're really talking about stewardship of God, you know, what do you what do you want to do with my life? Uh, It is one of those things where sometimes the Lord puts a dream in your heart. But it is also this constant question coming back to the Lord and asking, how do you want to spend me? How do you want to use me in this world um, to Im- impact it for, for your kingdom and for, and for your glory? Um, so it's very important that we're kind of sitting in that question, um, especially in this season of maybe having some more time to think about those questions. Um, yeah. So, so, Paul, what opportunities do you see to invest, um, invest in today? that you can see fruit for tomorrow for someone who's either unemployed, furloughed, or maybe concerned about uh, becoming unemployed? Well, I think we need to kind of look at some of the sciences out there and what they talk about, um, some of the statistics on the future of work. But most importantly, right now, I think the whole um, idea of mindset that Carol Dweck, the Stanford psychologist, talks about, Many people, when they think about failure and success, they think about in two different ways. There's a fixed mindset and there's a growth mindset. 
And those who see life from a fixed mindset believe that their talent is carved in stone. Um, and therefore, if, if I uh, do not succeed in life, it means I failed in life. And it's a really an either or approach as they think about life. Whereas those who have a growth mindset see failures as opportunities. And they really embrace this idea of not yet. Like they're, they're still on this path of growing on this ladder of progression. And talent alone does not determine success, but it's effort. So they're a lot more resilient. They're, they have greater grit. Their ability, their ability to actually um, make things happen uh, is, is not deterred by setbacks and failures and transitions like that. So I just want any one of you to evaluate yourself. Do I have a fixed mindset and do I have more of a growth mindset? Because the fact is most people have both of them and it's constantly happened, but there isn't like 100% this growth mindset or 100% fixed mindset. But we could be intentional in thinking more clearly about how do I want to have my posture and attitude when it comes to life? And those, again, through studies show that people who have a growth mindset will have greater resiliency and success. I think that's one great place to start. The second place I would a place to start is um, just understanding the world we are entering is dramatically different than the past, right? Uh, one, one study shows that a generation ago, the half-life of a skill was about 26 years. Today, it's four and a half years and it's dropping precipitously. So just the idea that, you know, I have a master's program and I graduated from a psychology degree or even a business degree, that does not, you know, guarantee stability or success for the next 20, 30 years of your life. Um, the fact is the whole field of what's called humanics, which is where um, there's a, a new literacy that you have to develop, right? Um, it's it, before in the 20th century, being illiterate meant you, you, you cannot read, you cannot write. But um, the illiteracy of the 20, 21st century is where you cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. So the ability to be agile and, and really engage um, learning as a lifelong pursuit instead of something you do from you know, 18 uh, into 25 in your higher education and you say, I'm done with it, um, that's not going to be the new paradigm. So being able to explore fields where you're going to have a greater sense of literacy, of technology, of data, of human literacy, which is creativity, things that robots cannot do, um, you know, being able to be innovative, being able to have the emotional intelligence. Those are fields that's going to grow in the next 10, 20 years. So many people would uh, start looking into that. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, I, I love that. I think the idea of being a lifelong learner is, is so important in our current day and age because things are changing so quickly. Um, and being able to understand the times, I think, is very important. Um, yeah, so I, I think even just, just touching on that a little bit more, um, thinking through this idea of being a lifelong learner, um, 
there's a couple of good resources out there that are that are free or you know are pretty accessible. Um, so uh, MOOCs, massive uh, open online courses, I believe I'm saying that correctly, um, are great resources to just be learning new things. Um, there's a lot of great, you know, even Ivy League level schools that are putting content out there um, on those MOOCs, whether it's through Coursera or edX or uh, there's a lot of different platforms and we can post a link to that in our show notes today. Uh, but it is really important that you just go out there. You just be proactive. Um, we were talking about discovering what is your vocational purpose. That kind of gives you your compass and points you in the direction you can go in. And then you can start digging into some of these ways of learning um, and, and moving forward from there. So I uh, just wanted to give some practical application to that of saying, you know, it's you don't have to go back to school necessarily to go uh, to learn. Um, you can have that stuff accessible at your fingertips. Um, and the other uh, the other piece of advice I wanted to share just briefly, Paul, with that is uh, I read an article today that talked about how empathy is becoming much more commonplace in our workplace mm. uh, because everyone is experiencing some level of pain. Employers are becoming more empathetic. Coworkers are becoming more empathetic. Your community is becoming more empathetic just overall, which I think is such a huge value. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to say, Hey, if I reach out to this person and ask them, you know, if I'm interested in what they're doing with their vocation, you know, people are becoming more empathetic. There's probably more opportunity for you to be able to reach out to your network and to into contacts where maybe before there's a fear of a concern of what are they going to think if I'm, you know, right. maybe wanting to to leave this or or try something different. Um, so uh, I would just encourage those that are listening to just take those next steps uh, and to start small um, in that area. I think, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, and I, I, I completely agree, I think uh, even within organizations, um, they're, they're going to expect to see a greater flexibility um, from here on out to encourage people to work virtually as well. Uh, and it's going to be where before it's this nine to five idea where you have to show up to work, right? A lot of organizations operate that way, but now the focus is more going to be on outcomes. Do you actually could produce the outcomes? Uh, we give you the opportunity to work from home. We give you the opportunity to do work in any other way, but it's going to be more measured by outcomes and support on mental health, mental support. It's going to even increase significantly and um, empathy and emotional intelligence and a lot of those training are going to be supported more and more uh, within organizations as well. So, Paul, uh, there's two two groups I'm thinking about right now. You know, there's there's students, um, folks that are either in high school thinking about college or they're in college thinking about what's next, um, as well as those that are maybe seasoned, you know, folks out in the workforce um, that are unemployed or furloughed. So. Thinking about that first group, the students, what advice would you give to students during this season? Yeah, I mean, during the season uh, for students, well, I just want to say that it's a crazy time to graduate. You know, like I, I am at a university and I have students who are um, in seniors and it's a weird time because there is a lack of closure in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think it's creating a lot of uh, angst for a lot of students. And this, again, is actually uh, one of the characters of the next generation. Um, before I kind of go more practical, um, how millennials, there was this 
this type of uh, confidence that was a major theme of their lives. But now confidence is morphing into more of a caution right? because mm. just thinking about the type of upbringing that millennials had, it was a time of economic boom. There were Google, Apple's iPhone was invented, internet, Netflix, like all these new technological inventions were created um, for millennials who were growing up. But if you just compare that to those who grew up in from 2005 to 2015, um, it's a dramatically different landscape because um, there is a, economic recession just to start off with and there's just so much um you know terrorism that's happening racial unrest gun shootings um and all of that is created a sense of caution for a lot of young people and as a result of that studies on gen z are showing that um they're a lot more pragmatic um, and less idealistic than millennials. Mm. They're, they're a lot more cautious and uh, finding a job. And um, they're also very ambitious. So they're a lot more individualistic now than ever. They're all about, okay, I have to survive. I have to find ways to support myself. So I have to get a good um, education. Uh, and they're a lot more materialist driven in their own uh, philosophy and narrative. So I think that's just, again, like just the big picture of what's happening with uh, culture and generations. But I would just say for, for a lot of young people, there is a tendency to specialize early. We're living in a world of specialization. And we think about people like Tiger Woods who started picking up a golf club at 10 months of age. And someone who's just kind of went on one path and mm-hmm. developed and successfully and, and you know, created, um, you know, elite uh, sense of performance through that. But um, a lot of studies are showing today now that um, the 10,000 hours of deliberate practice actually um, does not to every field. Um, there's specific fields like that that could work. For example, golf, for example, any sports like chess, um, but actually, for most people who are working in the marketplace, in the business sphere, um, studies are showing that people who engage uh, in different type of disciplines um, actually have a greater advantage in the long run. So if you're a student, instead of feeling like you want to specialize in one thing, try to sample widely Go try out a number of different things because the more you try those things, the more you're going to have data in terms of, is this really what I could uh, do in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Do, do I have uh, a greater sample of actual experiences through internships and co-ops that will help me to understand, is this something that I really want to do? Because for, for a lot of students, they could get access, um, head knowledge on YouTube on podcasts, on, on different platforms. But we all, we all know uh, having head knowledge and actual real-life experience is, is very different. So yeah. being able to sample earlier on and not be afraid to try new things, it's going to be huge for you because all those learnings, it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah, that's great. I, I like the analogy of Tiger Woods and the 10,000 hours. I think that's uh, something that that is beneficial in certain areas, absolutely. But I do think that um, 
the idea, not necessarily of generalization, but of understanding a lot of different things can give you a broader picture and ability to perform. So I think that's great. So same question, Paul, thinking about the workforce, thinking about those that may be unemployed, furloughed, um, or asking some questions about their career. Uh, what advice would you have for that group uh, during during this season of uh, kind of, you know, I know some states are starting to recover, kind of get back to work. Um, some people are uh, maybe not not in that position yet, but uh, thinking about the future, how would you encourage the, the workforce um, folks that, that are either trying to find new jobs uh, or are really just anxious about the future? How would you encourage that group? What advice would you have for them? Yeah, um, thanks for saying that. And uh, I think it's it's a real issue for a lot of people who are, are currently unemployed and furloughed. And as I've been sharing just using this opportunity to go deeper into your vocational sweet spot and um, you know being able to ask yourself questions that really will uncover that and highlight that I think will be key for this time of transition. Um, yeah, and I think it's just, you know, we could, it's all about mindset too, as I was sharing, it's easy to um, complain. Everyone can do that. It's easy to identify the problems and and, and wrap, be wrapped up in anxiety and through these times of uh, transition. But um, always leaders and be people who, are, who have really succeeded in life um, have gone through multiple different setbacks and failures and losses in life, but they see that as an opportunity more than ever. So being able to see this time to recalibrate yourself, to uh, pivot, and to find ways based on how God has designed you, what are areas that I could be pivoting? Those are some important questions to have. And on a very practical note, I would go and connect uh, with many people out there and start just building more strategic relationships. Like you were saying, Calvin, that um, there is a greater sense of empathy, right? And I think people are more open to or building relationship because we're all in this together. Everyone is going through this kind of this global grief um, together. So people are more open to be helping people as well in this time. So I think that's where I would start. Um, it's easy to go in the downward spiral of just, man, I, I'm stuck here. I'm, I'm going to, I cannot do this. And this in this fear and anxiety, but being able to surround yourself with just godly men and women in life um, first and foremost, is going to help you see things from a different vantage point. Yeah, that's that's huge. And you know, you touched on this, Paul, but I think the first thing that that is so important is just to go deep in your relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, he is he is our rock, and absolutely. and surrounding ourselves with godly community and folks that can speak into our lives, and encourage us, and edify us, and and really be able to just speak truth into the season is is important. Um, so I think isolating ourselves, which I know a lot of folks are struggling with right now, um, it is hard to reach out. It's hard to it's hard to do that. Um, and technology sometimes just doesn't feel the same as being in person with people and connecting with them. But uh, I do think it's it's so important to do that. Um, and I would just would encourage folks to to reach out um, to those in their community. Um, I, I also want to point to just a couple of practical resources for for folks that maybe are in the workforce that are asking some of these questions. Um, uh, Chuck Bentley, our CEO, just wrote an article on uh, this idea of the upside of unemployment. Um, and it's really wonderful. Give some practical uh, steps for what you can be doing today. 
um, to be kind of working through this process. Uh, we also have some great eBooks that you can download that are helpful resources. Um, and you can always reach out to us as well uh, through uh, crown.org. Um, there's multiple ways to get in touch with us. Uh, so Paul, uh, I want to give you just a moment to, to add any closing thoughts, but I just really appreciate you being with us today and appreciate your insight into the space. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Calvin. And it's, it's, it's time. Like for many people, this is a real thing. And for a lot of us, honestly, too, uh, we don't know the future. We don't know what's is certain. And um, I think life has always been that way, but just because with the COVID-19 pandemic we're in, it's just become a lot more real for a lot of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I saw this post uh, from one of my friends actually a few days ago, uh, a quote who said that we're so focused on God changing our circumstances that we never allow God to change us. So instead of 10 or 20 years of experience, we have one year of experience repeated 10 or 20 times. Mm. And uh, really spoke to me because I honestly think of so many times where I complain about all the things that I want God to change. But, um, you know, it really reminded me that, wow, God may be using this time to change me. So uh, it was very humbling for me to recognize that and just to be able to say, yes, like God is in control and I have to put my trust in him. I'm going to do whatever it takes on, on my end to, to, you know, try my best and to network and to build relationships and to go deeper in my purpose. But really, our, our sense of um, trust rests in God. So I hope that encourages anybody who's, who's listening and uh, who's having a hard time right now. But to know that God is in control. And um, in all things, we know that God... Uh, works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So um, yeah, just rest in that fact. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Paul. Appreciate your time today. And uh, for those that are, are listening today, um, feel free to access those resources I mentioned. And we also have a wonderful tool uh, called Career Direct uh, and a number of coaches that would be happy to help you if you're asking that question of really, Lord, how do you want to spend me? What are my giftings? How have you uniquely designed me? And um, we have folks standing by to support you and help you through that process um, through CareerDirect. Thank you for joining today's Crown Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the insights from Paul and Calvin. And if you need more additional resources, just contact us at crown.org.